Nice to speak to you again, Sarah. Nice it's, to see I, you. I feel it's been so long since we last spoke. It has, yeah, it definitely has. A couple of years, it I would has. say, yeah. Because we spoke, or we first met, I think, back um, at Smokey Joe's. It was a laptop Friday. Yeah, that's right. About five years ago, I think. Oh, my, yeah. Was it that long ago? Yeah, I think so. And um, a long I, time since I've been. I remember it vividly because you, um, we got talking about music. Mm. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I listen to a lot of music when, when, uh, when I work. Yeah, and you were giving me tons of recommendations, <laughs> which I <laughs> still well. listen to to this day. Okay, really good. that's good. So that's I want to come back to that. I want to okay. talk about music. Excellent. Um, but for those who don't know you, just introduce yourself, tell them a little bit about what you do. Okay, um, I'm a freelance copywriter. Um, I help marketing managers and business owners to um, make their businesses more successful by using clear, concise messages um, in their marketing. So that might be writing websites, brochures, email campaigns, you name it, anything that a business needs to, um, to present themselves in a way that makes them stand out from the competition. What, what got you into that? What um, sort of led you oh, down that path? Well, that's a story, and that's actually covered in my new book. Um, Which we'll come back but, to. Um, yeah, well, I kind of fell into marketing, and then I um, decided to go freelance when I got pregnant with my daughter. I was working down in Bristol, mm. and um, it was 21 years ago, and it was way before businesses had to be open to the idea of flexible working. And um, my managing director at the time was a bit old school and said, You're an account director, you can't take time off and do three days a week. Why don't you go freelance? And yeah, yeah the rest the rest is history, I suppose. So I've been doing this for 20 years for myself, yeah. Yeah, and, and do you feel that you've got better at business? You've got better oh, at running yeah, that sure. show? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think to for the first 15, 16 years, I knew I was great at my job, yeah. but I wasn't great at running a business. I'm still not great at running a business, but, you know, I've made a success of it, and um, I've learned so much along the way. So, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of good to share that with as many people as possible, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much to take on, really, when you're running a business, yeah. because you can be good at the at a job or good at making something mm. but actually there's so much else uh, so many other things involved in running a business so the surrounding things that you don't really want to do necessarily like doing your accounts mm. well, is that thing um, you hate IT then? yeah accounts and IT like IT support is I don't know why I didn't do this before but about four or five years ago I um, hired an IT company on a retainer and it's amazing because anytime anything goes wrong with my equipment I just drop them an email and they're like, oh, well, remote in and fix it for you. So it's just like, oh, it saves me so much time and therefore saves me so much money. One of the most important realisations you can come to as a self-employed person or a freelancer is that you need to surround yourself with good people to do the things that are not your strengths, that you don't enjoy and that don't make you money. And I think once you've come mm. to that decision, that's when your business really starts to take off. Because you can't do it all yourself. Well, you can, but it's it, a. It's not fun. B. It's not. It's just. It doesn't make financial sense to try to do everything. So yeah. So you're you're encapsulating all these twenty one years into a book that I noticed that you're starting to write. Yeah, um, indeed. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Okay. So um, I put out a blog post um at the end of last year. It's called Survival Skills for Freelancers or How to Go Solo Without Going Loco. Um, so it's very much got a well-being, mental health kind of slant. It's not going to be a dry business book. Um, but I got to 20 years of working for myself and I just thought, 
I felt the need to start giving something back because mm -hmm. it's been very good to me and there are a lot of people just starting out or they have perhaps a few years down the line they've got more of an established business and they've got stuck um, and it sort of shares my own experience from the past 20 years but it's backed up by research and resources and it's um, also filled with quotes from other freelancers um, from the freelance community online and offline so yes good stuff and is this the first book you've written it is yeah and it's funny because I always said people always used to say to me oh do you think you'd ever write a book I was like no I spent 40, 50 hours a week writing. Why would I want to spend my spare time doing more of the same? Um, but I don't know what happened last year. Um, I just got the idea in my head and now I am obsessed with it. From mm. the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed, it's sort of all I'm thinking of. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's doing my own well-being all that much good because I've had this cold for 10 days now, so just kind of wearing myself into the ground. But I'm absolutely loving the process. Yeah, I'm so energised. I think that's, that's got to help because writing a book yeah. is a big process. It's huge, yeah. I just thought it was kind of words, but no, it's so much more I than do this every just day. the words. Yeah, it's great. So the, the writing, the structure, yeah. the editing all easy bits, all comfort zone stuff for me, but the actual, all the bits surrounding it, and you wouldn't believe how many bits there are surrounding it, all such a learning curve. Do you think, you, you talked about writing the blog post, I mean that's where the idea came from, yeah. if someone wanted to write a book, do you think writing it in blog posts or short form is, is a helpful way to get closer to that? Yeah, I really do, because the thing that I found so useful about it is, it enabled me to test out my audience, mm. and it became... Are oh, and away the most popular post really? I've shared. Yeah. And I've always found that anything that is hot on your sleeve and very realistic and very honest and very open and a little bit vulnerable, those are always the posts that people really relate to. And um, and I get I got so many amazing comments saying, Oh, I wish I'd read this ten years ago when I started, it would have saved me so much time and trouble, and this is this is gold, and I'm gonna keep referring back to this post and um, yeah, so it's it's been so nice to know that there's such an audience out there. Um, and you just mentioned when I um, I kind of officially put the idea out there with a launch video earlier this week, mm. and I've been keeping on top of the statistics of how many people have watched the video, how many encouraging comments I've had and the like, and it's just phenomenal. Um, so I've established that there's an audience there for that book, a very strong audience. So I think if someone else had an idea, it's a really good way to test that there's an audience out there. There's no point writing a book if nobody's gonna buy it, is yeah. there? And, and do you think it helps with the promotion of the book as well? Because you're, you're, there's a process to writing a book, it's gonna take some time, there's a lot of things that are more than just the writing, and yeah. you've probably got illustration, mm. you mentioned mm. about doing an audio version of it, yeah. all, all of these yeah. sort of things Absolutely. in the way. Actually, maybe if you're talking about that and testing yeah, the water, yeah, that can help yeah, you know, that, publish it. That's the idea, very much. So kind of trying to get my social media communities online engaged with the idea. And I've had so many people already say, oh my God, let me know when it's out. I'm definitely going to buy it kind of thing. And, you know, maybe they're just saying it to be nice. But <laughs> I don't think they are. I honestly think there is a, a, a real hunger for this kind of advice. And I think also... I have done my research into that particular sector and the books out there, they are quite formulaic and quite yeah. structured and strategy based, mm. whereas mine is very much 
anecdotal. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of personal stuff in there and it kind of goes into my whole story background, how I got into marketing first and then how I became a freelancer because those are always the first two questions anybody asks when they meet me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's very exciting. Very exciting. I'm really pleased to hear it. Um, just talking about social media, um, I've noticed you've become either become more active on social media or I'm noticing it more. Oh, so you're better at it. Okay. okay. Is that is that a concerted effort? Is it more organic? Is it? Well, talk, um, talk to me about that. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's interesting that you say that you've noticed me more on social media. I think I don't think I have upped. Um, the my output. Mm. Put it that way. Um, I think sometimes there's that. I can't remember the term for it, but there's a psychological term, isn't there? If if something's front of your mind, if you decide to buy a, a yellow car, you see yellow cars. Everywhere. I remember an action oh, coach talking term. to me about this uh, reticular activating system. That's I think it. people yeah, it, it is something to do with that. Yeah, um, but so it could just be that you knew we were going to chat, and you know, and, and oh, no, there I am. Popping it was up even before this, but, actually. But yes, oh, okay, maybe okay. that sort of thing happened. I, I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, certainly. Um, Going out there with the video felt like a really vulnerable thing to do, but it's. I, I think it's all to do with the um, the algorithm mm-hmm. on all the platforms. When you start getting really good engagement for posts that you're not promoting, because I I don't pay to promote my posts. I don't do sponsor posts on any mm. platforms, or very very rarely. I've done a couple on Facebook, um, but when um, when you go out there with something that naturally takes off I think then the platform automatically bumps you forward and makes you more visible so maybe it's just something to do with that yeah maybe you're just you're getting the formula right you're the algorithms are picking up the engagement and saying people like this let's share a bit wider yeah yeah. I I just do it very naturally I'm just I think a lot of people try to kind of present the tone of their business whereas for me it's easy my business is me if somebody decides to hire me as a copywriter they get me so it's not like there's a work me and a personal me it's just all one and the same and I think that really helps and have you always treated it in that way yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess when I first started as a freelancer, there's no way I thought 20 years later. I mean, the way my my brain is wired, I just don't really look ahead in that way. So I think when I started my business, I didn't really see it as starting a business. Yeah. Um, I just saw it as getting a few little jobs in and kind of tidying me over. Um, while my, my daughter at the time was at nursery a couple of days a week. Um, so it's sort of grown. This episode is sponsored by 34sp.com. They offer fast, secure and managed WordPress hosting for the low price of $9.95 a month. We've moved most of our clients over to 34sp and I've made full use of their free migration service. It's often a pain to move over a site. There's lots of things to think about such as setting up the database, backing up and copying over the files and then testing everything once it's ready. All I need to do with 34sp is provide them with admin access to the WordPress site and they take care of the rest. They just send me a special preview link. Once it's ready, I check it over, and all I need to do is make the DNS changes. It's that easy. So thanks to Kaylee, Alex, and the rest of the support team at 34SP, you've saved me days and days of work. 34SP also offer incredibly fast server and page caching, a free SSL certificate, daily backup and managed core and plugin updates so your site is secure, a staging area to spin up a copy of a website to make tests safely, no restrictions on bandwidth, a simple control panel, and great UK-based support. 
So visit 34sp.com to upgrade your WordPress hosting. And when you do, use the code WPINVENTIVE at checkout. That's WPINVENTIVE, all one word, to get your first three months completely free. Thank you to 34SP for sponsoring Something Inventive. Is there any um, particular product, projects that you've had recently that have really sort of challenged you and have been quite interesting to do? Oh, God. Huh. Hmm. Or are um, they all just super easy? No, no. no nothing's, nothing's ever... Well, no, okay, I guess some things are super easy, but um, I like the fact that every project, because every client is different, mm. and at the start of every project, there's quite a steep learning curve in terms of really immersing yourself into that client's brand. So getting to know them, the way they speak, their target audience, mm. what their goals and aims are. That How do you do that? How do you immerse yourself in that? Tons and tons and tons of questioning. Yeah. Um, but, but, but not kind of to an overwhelming degree. It's kind of knowing the right questions to ask. And I think that's the key to what I do. And to, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, quite often I get feedback where people will say, I, I was a bit worried about the process. I thought it would be really complicated, but I literally just had a chat with Sarah for an hour over a cup of coffee, filled in a short form, and then ta-da, she wrote this amazing website, and it was exactly what I wanted. And I get a lot of feedback like that, which is lovely. Mm. But I think it's because I don't I just see it as my superpower. I think I know <laughs> the questions to ask yeah. to get to the bottom of a business. And I, I really enjoy that process. In terms of challenging... I have a client that I do quite a lot of work with who are not just an engineering firm, but they're a German engineering firm. So you've got kind of a double challenge there because there's the language thing, um, translation issues. So I have to really understand their stuff. Oh, yeah, right, yes. Before I can... So you're writing content that's getting translated? Other way around. So oh, okay. they provide me with kind of draft copy, mm-hmm. which, I, which has been translated, but usually quite badly. Yeah. And I have to kind of make it make sense in my head so it's almost like a translation job before I can write it in a way that anybody can see and understand Mm -hmm. so I I really love that process it's great yeah yeah it's nice to have new challenges that just push you push you out of your comfort zone a little Mm. bit yeah yeah I agree one of the reasons I want to talk to you is you put a post up on LinkedIn about your environmental policy yeah yeah um and you were just saying I feel a bit strange about putting it out there but you know mm-hmm. this is something you're quite proud about mm-hmm. you put out a post and listed out your environmental policy which yeah. is available on your, your website as well yeah. and I just wanted to talk through um, why you decided to write something quite official you mm-hmm. know, as a policy mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. you know we have to put privacy policies and things like that on our yeah. website but why environmental policy? Yeah well it, it, if I'm honest uh, when I posted the post on LinkedIn originally it was never on my website oh, right. um, so I did it as an internal document really something to kind of hold myself, there's some standards to hold myself to, if that makes sense. But what, what brought that on? I don't know. Because no. um, that's, that's no, quite that's, something to say, I'm going to stand up that, to the, the, the scrutiny. actually. I, I do know, a client had done it, and, and I thought, do you know what, that's actually a really good mm. idea, to actually crystallise it, and really think about why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I've always been very environmentally aware, um, and yeah, I just thought as a business, there's nothing to stop me as a freelancer, just yeah. because I'm 
a self, you know, a, a solo worker, it doesn't mean that you can't make an impact. Sure, it's a small impact, but if everybody was doing the same, then it would be a huge impact. Yeah, many absolutely. drops make an ocean, kind of thing. And, yeah. and actually, by you doing that, it means you're more likely to tell other people, and yeah. then you share it online, which yeah. means it starts the conversation going, which is yeah. why I wanted to yeah. pick that up. Yeah, well, I think so. What you say about starting the conversation that the reason I put it on LinkedIn is because I went to a networking event. And it was all, the, the focus was sustainability. Mm-hmm. And the guys who spoke there um, were, were very inspiring. And I came away from that event thinking, yeah, do you know what? I do need to share this. I need to talk about it. Because it, even if one other person yeah. goes away and says, okay, I think this is a really good idea. I'm going to do this for myself. Then that's how it works, isn't it? That's how it spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how it came about. And I just thought I'd put it on my website because everything that goes on LinkedIn eventually ends up on my website. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's more that, as a blog post. So, really. so things will go on LinkedIn first to test, and then you'll bring them back. Right? I do now because uh, I used to post everything on my blog first, but yeah. I get so much engagement on LinkedIn mm. that I post on LinkedIn first now. Um, and tip. then, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely works for me because I don't think they do this anymore. But they used to show this thing with your audience. Um, a bit like overlapping circles, so they'd say, oh, yeah. um, 600 people from your f- who are first degree connections have seen your post, and 2,400 people who are second degree connections. So it shows just how much it gets your name and your message out there, outside your current network. Mm. So I think I have about 3,700 connections on LinkedIn, and just now, my video announcement of the book was up to 3,800. Now, I'm certain that all 3,700 people who are connected to me have not seen it. So I'm guessing it's still a very small proportion of people who are first-degree connections. But how great is that? Mm. It's free advertising, ultimately. So it's enabling me to, to reach a much wider audience. And yeah. I think it's great for that reason. No, it's a really good tip. And I actually, I've always sort of advocated to make sure if you've got content, get, put it on your blog. But it, yeah. it does make sense that it can go on social media first. You can yeah. test the water. Mm. And then some of those, you can make bigger articles. You can combine things and yeah. bring them to, to go back on your yeah, blog. Yeah. So um, just going back to the, the policy, I, I'm, I pulled out a few things from your policy. Okay, that I want to talk about. yeah. And the other reason I want to talk about this is I've done a few things personally, like you, we're a freelance or a small company. Yeah. So there's... There, it, it feels like while I want to be socially responsible and try and have a lower impact on the environment, I've not really thought about shouting that to mm, other people. Yeah. But I'm going to start doing it more from your Okay. Place. Oh, that's good so, to hear. And just be good to talk through some of these because I'm quite interested in them. Okay. So um, first, 100% renewable electricity. Yeah, yeah. I've been with Good Energy um, since they first started. Um, and they now uh, do my feed-in tariff because I have solar panels. You've got solar panels. Um, mm. She says pointing abstractedly at the roof um, and um, I've even invested in the company I've got a few shares not many but a few because I really believe in what they're doing so there were a lot of the big dirty energy companies mm. now jumping on the green energy yeah. bandwagon and offering I don't know I haven't looked into it perhaps as much as I should but Good Energy are still to my knowledge based in Chippenham which is still fairly local they've got nice personal customer service they don't use an overseas call center it's all very you know they're not perfect but they're a good business um so yeah i've always been with them um the solar panels 
another big thing. And obviously that's also a money maker. Yeah. It's kind of a, a way Especially as you work at home. Investment. So you're, you're benefiting from the energy that you're using while you're here. Yes, yeah. Uh, which makes a huge difference. Yeah. Because otherwise a lot of people go to work and that energy just goes back into the grid. So yeah, exactly. So there, there is some way now of getting a kind of, I'm not quite sure of the technology, but some sort of battery device where you actually, it stores the energy that you're producing. You call it off and anything that's... Um, uh, surplus then goes back to the yeah. grid, but that's yeah. My dad has one. Worth looking yeah, into. my dad's into all that. To he, he's got one. They're very cool. You need to find out more. Well, there's two things you can get. You can actually get the battery pack, and you can also get a like a pre um, heater for your immersion tank. So if you have an immersion tank, yeah, you do. can you can get it to dump the energy straight into the immersion tank to pre warm it. And, oh. and it, and you just even. It doesn't bring it up to full temperature, but it really takes a huge amount of energy away from your um, regular okay. heating. So we'll, we'll talk Ooh, about that's that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting with um, energy as well. Speaking to my brother, who used to work in the energy industry, oh, okay. and I'm with another company called Bulb, and he was saying, "Oh, are you sure they're actually giving you full um, uh, green energy? Because nice. they have to. All the companies now have to sign up to a certain proportion of green energy. Yeah. Mm. Um, but actually, there are some companies like Empower, all those big ones. Yes, they, they have to give you a certain percentage, mm. but the rest of it might not be. So they say it's part renewable. Yeah, yeah. Things like um, Bulb, uh, Ecotricity, yes, um, yeah. Good Energy, yeah. and another one I can't remember now. They actually are delivering you 100% renewable. They mm -hmm. are in a contract to buy that certain amount or yeah. have their own generation for it. Yeah. So it's actually crucial if you are looking for someone who is going to give you 100% renewable to make sure you look at the details. Absolutely. And I think one one thing that I think it catches people out, because obviously the big energy companies have huge marketing budgets. Yeah. So they have the opportunity to take out full page ads in National Trust magazine or whatever, um, and, and the daily press, to advertise their maybe not so green mm -hmm. um, energy tariffs. And then obviously their audience is far wider than a smaller business that is perhaps a bit more green. So yeah, definitely look into it if, uh, yeah, if you're thinking of doing that. This episode is sponsored by BombBomb.com. Whether you're in sales, customer success, business development or leadership, you're probably at your best when you're face to face with someone just like this. That's why BombBomb has created a way to quickly and easily send simple personal videos directly from your email inbox. Now, I've always felt at a disadvantage communicating in text, particularly via email. So I've been using BombBomb to send explainer videos alongside my proposals. It's easier for me to explain all the details about a project without it ending up like a wall of text that I know people won't read. Using personal video also allows me to share my personality and enthusiasm, which can be hard to get across with text. So with BombBomb, your emails can feel as warm and personal as a face-to-face -face meeting which will help create a better customer experience, increase conversion, and build a stronger professional relationships. If you'd like to see examples of how sales, marketing, and customer success professionals are using email videos in their business, then go to vid.us slash something inventive, and you'll be sent 10 video examples from real users. You'll also get to hear from Jonathan, who was a guest on my podcast, and he's given me some really good tips when presenting in video particularly for using these whiteboards and pens. Plus, you'll also get a chance to set up a free trial of the software yourself. So visit vid.us slash something inventive to get 10 video examples from real users. Thank you for BombBomb for sponsoring Something Inventive. 
And what about, um, you've got here, using public transport for meetings and trying yeah. to lift share. How, yeah. how does that work going to clients? Because I find mm. the clients are never near train stations, yeah. they're awkward places. How do you manage Yeah, that? well, I, I, I don't have um, that many meetings with clients um, who are particularly outside the local range. I used to have a lot, but I think now I use Zoom all the time. Yeah. So I, I probably have about three Zoom, that's... Uh, the video, so video like Skype, yeah. but I, I far prefer it to Skype, but obviously there are lots of different versions out there, that's just my preference, but I use that for so many, um, what would perhaps previously be meetings, um, that it's not so much of an issue, but if I'm going to conferences or mm. events, I always get the train, because it's such a good use of time, I mean, it yes, is, yeah. it can be quite pricey, but it's it, it means that I can recoup a couple of hours that I can do a bit of extra work on the way up there a bit of extra work on the way back rather than be sitting in traffic and end up arriving stressed and uh, and tired um so I think that's that's a really important one but generally speaking I tend to work at my gym which is 15 20 minutes walk up the road from me so I work there every day with my laptop and I would say I have 80% of my meetings there so I invite people to come to me so yeah so I'm not using any um there's no carbon footprint of me walking up there. It gives me useful thinking time. I also spend the time walking up there on the phone quite often, chatting to clients. So, yeah, that's that's kind of one of the ways that I deal with that. So, actually, for, for you, it's about not having so many meetings where you mm. need to be physically present. Although, there is, it's definitely useful because certainly in the early stages of a relationship, meeting people oh, in person yeah, is really Oh, yeah, for nice. sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do find if somebody messages me and I don't know them, so if it's a cold mm. inquiry, I always say, let's book in a 10-minute Zoom chat just to establish that our businesses are a good fit and I'm the, the best person for the work. Um, and... Yeah, usually you just get such a good sense of people. You don't actually physically have to be in the same room. No. Um, obviously, it is nicer if you can be, but yeah, it's it's a good it's a good yeah. second best. It I would is. Say. It is, and I, I I love meeting people. Uh, so I like coming and do these sort of things. But I find that actually, if we want to get productive work done. We can work together. I've got a huge monitor. I can share yeah. my screen. We actually yeah. get a lot yeah. more done when we're working remotely than in yeah. person. When often I'm I'm just That's on my interesting. Desk. Yeah. Um, so something else you mentioned here is about working with suppliers who share these values as well. Yeah, that's that's a preference, um, and it's quite hard sometimes to um, to establish whether they do. Um, and it's probably something that is more of an action point for me that I need to get more active in terms of asking people and yeah. saying, "Look, this is yeah, what's your environment? What is, yeah. yeah." And I think the reason that I don't do it more is because at the moment you ask many businesses that and they're like work what <laughs> um so yeah that's a, that, that's kind of my goal um and not necessarily something that i always manage to stick to because the information isn't always there no but if, if by putting it as a goal you are going to push a little bit forward to it and it's going to make it's going to help spread that message so, yeah you know even if it's slow it's still one by one yeah. Is the best way to well, when I had, um, I used some uh, some terrible between you and me guys to um, decorate this when it was done, and I was saying about um, the floorboards that I've used. They're um, FSC certified, so yeah, forest certified. So mm -hmm. kind of um, responsible, um, responsibly sourced yes. wood mm -hmm. has gone into the the planks on the floor and uh, and they said oh oh we're noticing lots of um customers are 
are you know becoming more aware of environmental issues now so I think before perhaps they would have used a cheaper thing but I wanted to source them myself because it was important for me that that was the case so I mean even in that kind of field in the trades people are becoming more aware that it's yeah. just you know people Customers are kind of voting with their feet. I because think. they may help tip other people over the edge. Mm, you know, if, cust- if customers are demanding that and then they start delivering it and they're going to help other yeah. people because they might say, well, for just a little bit more, we yeah. can buy this sustainably sourced stuff. Mm. Yeah. And actually, your environmental policy may well help tip the edge in terms of people if, you, if they're looking at various different people to work with. They might say, actually, yeah. we, like, we like Sarah, we like the work, but also she yeah. cares about these other things as well. Yeah, and that was never my intention. It was never even in the back of my mind. It was just, um, if that happens as a side effect, then that's great because I really enjoy working with environmentally sustainable businesses and mm. any kind of business that's got any sort of environmental slant um, and always have. But um, I'm not at the position where I will say... I won't work with a business if they don't have an environmental policy, um, but I might encourage them to get there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking of something similar, but not in, on the environment, but from a, a, an ethical marketing point of view. Because okay. I think there's a lot of bad practices, certainly in data collection yeah. and messaging, and whether it's truthful messaging or um, it misleads people. Yes. And yeah. one I wouldn't want to work... Um, I want to work with people who follow that ethos. Yes. I haven't yeah. sort of crystallised into anything no. yet, but I'd like to. But equally, if you, I'd like to work with people who don't follow that yet, but I can help yeah. move them in that direction. Oh, okay. And okay. say, we're not yeah. going to collect data from people we shouldn't do, even mm-hmm. you know, even if we're sort of flouting the duty part policy. Mm-hmm. No, we're mm-hmm. not going to do that. We're going to do things right. Yeah. And we're going to go over and above you know, yeah. on that sort of level yeah, as well. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And it's something I want to develop. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we better wrap it up a okay. little bit. But before we do, as I said at the beginning, I mean, we met and uh, talked a lot music. about music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love listening to music while I work. Yeah. Uh, and the right sort of music, it's got to have some pace to it, not mm-hmm. too fast, not too slow. We were talking earlier about not having lyrics. Because yes, that, yeah, that lyrics distract me when I'm writing. Completely. It's terrible. Um, and so you recommended Anjuna Deep. Yeah. Um, I got really into that. They've got tons of albums. Yeah. They've got some live shows, which I know you went to I a few. I've been to a couple. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. They're amazing. It's the only group I've really proper actually trance, wanted to proper, proper trance gig. Yeah, and it's not a group. That's what's interesting yes. about it. It's record labels. So there were lots and lots of different artists represented by the Anjuna Deep label. Yeah. And there's an Anjuna Beats as well. That's right. looked at that, haven't that's, you? That's for the evening when I'm not working. I'm yes. working a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got me really back into techno and harder music. Yeah, and music. okay, good. that's interesting. So, yeah, that was a great recommendation. Both my wife and I dived into that. It's a really real go-to. I think five years later, yeah. good to have some others. Okay, some well, have got? I, I'm kind of all about the playlists. And I, I did ask you earlier if you do Spotify. I, I switched from Apple Music to Spotify at the start of last year. And and it's brilliant um, and I quite like the fact that people can follow your playlists yes. so a few of my friends subscribe to my playlists um, and I've got one that uh, that has all kinds of electronic chill out ambient trancey vibe stuff on and that's by far my most popular so I tend not to listen to one artist all the time it's mm. always all about the playlists um, and if anyone's interested I can send them details if they want to subscribe I'll make sure we put it in the um, show notes oh okay yeah. cool um, but I've got a couple of artists recommendations if you want to go down that route okay. one guy called um, I don't know how, how to pronounce it I think it's Olafur Arnolds okay. and I think he is 
maybe not. All the but best Something Sweden, Scandinavian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got an album out called Remember, and it's R E colon member. Yeah. And some of the tracks on there are just glorious, and it's got a little bit of. I've found that a lot of the stuff I like is quite trancey, quite electronic, but it very often has a bit of a soaring strings, mm -hmm. kind of a bit of a classical feel yeah. kind of coming into it. So that's a good album. And then there's another guy I've been listening to a lot on Spotify recently. He's an Iranian journalist, I believe, but he calls himself Hiatus. So if you look Hiatus Musician, he's on Facebook and Twitter. And he his stuff is just gorgeous. I feel like it kind of it's the kind of music that keeps the darkness at bay. And I actually tweeted him to ask him a question. There's one track called Nightjar, and it's got this bit of singing in it. And my son and I were having a kind of a debate about. He reckoned it was Japanese, and I said no, it's not. It's um, it's some. They've recorded somebody singing backwards, um, and apparently it was neither. It was something like Sanskrit, but it was chopped up. He said chopped up beyond all recognition. But I love the fact that I tweeted him. He tweeted me back, um, and then I said, you know, I absolutely love your music. And you kind of always try not to be too sycophantic, but you know, here I am fangirling. But um, he, it was just so nice. I sort of said what I was appreciating about the music, and he said that is like the highest compliment in in my opinion. So it's it's gorgeous stuff. Um, um, there's an EP called Defeat. That's a good place to start. Right, thank you. I've got a lot to look <laughs> up. Um, no, it's brilliant. I mean, music for me, I've always loved music, mm -hmm. but I've, I've actually grown more into music as I've got older. Okay. I remember at university, one of my friends were into techno, hardcore stuff, and I kind of liked it. But actually, I I was never really wanting to follow the, follow everyone else. No. So I, I pulled away from it. No, no, I'm no. much more into that now. Yeah. Um, and particularly for working, because it just gets you into the zone. Absolutely. Really I, I find that from the moment I wake up, I feel that the, an environment doesn't have to be my house. Wherever I am, if the music's not on, it feels too quiet. It's almost yeah. like I can hear the yeah. silence. Um, that's my weird brain again. Um, but yeah, I, I have to have music on when I work. It keeps me productive. Um, you like the guy, do you remember the TV series Spaced? And there was a guy. Oh, I've never oh, seen it. Was should... it um, Simon Pegg? Yes. Yeah. And there was a guy. He's in... local, you know. Oh, is he? Yeah, Brockworth. He came oh, from Brockworth, yeah. Um, well, well, Space, for anyone, it's quite an old TV series now, but it's really good. Um, and there's a guy in there who takes far too many drugs and he goes to far too many raves and things like that. But he's always just hearing sounds happening, like a, a clock ticking or something, a car going. Oh, okay, and then yeah. he's, in, in his head, he's making up this dance music. Oh, okay. And okay. I sometimes feel like I'm like that. Not that I take any drugs, but like, you get you, you hear you hear these noises <laughs> going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I don't. Um, and you hear these noises and it starts making this little beat. Oh, noise. that's interesting. Maybe that says something about me that's far too deep for, for no, this podcast. No, no, no. Um, well, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Where can people find you online? Um, I am S T E Copywriting. Sorry, S T E Copywriting. Very aware that I speak too quickly on Twitter and Instagram, um, or just Google search Sarah Townsend Editorial. Lovely, and I'll make sure we've got everything in the show notes. I hope the book writing goes. Yeah, well. thank you, thank you. I'm really, it's, so you know, far. it's a big project like that. I I know how hard it is. I've never written uh, certainly a, a book that size, small things, but I know that any project like that 
it's really, you know, you've got to have the motivation and energy. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not, I'm not finding it hard at the moment. I'm just finding it such a massively steep learning curve. And as you say about the energy, I'm very much going with the energy and trying not to crash in the process because it would be ironic writing a book about how to avoid overwhelm and burnout and then burning out in the process. <laughs> Absolutely. But, well, maybe we can follow up on that once it's published. That would be great, yeah. Um, so you can find me, I'm at Ben Kinnaird on Twitter, or you can email me, hello, ratherinventive.com. The show notes for this episode uh, will be linked in the, in the podcast, but you can go to ratherinventive.com slash podcast. And while you're there, do subscribe to the video feed on YouTube or um, in iTunes or um, Overcast or whatever um, subscription service you use. Stitcher, Spotify, we're on all of them. Um, you can also support this podcast um, by giving us a rating on iTunes. That'd be really nice. It helps it get found by more people. Check out our sponsors. Um, and finally, if you need to get in touch, uh, you need some marketing help, then do get in touch with me on all the contact details above. Thank you, Sarah. Good Thank you. Great to talk to you.